Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Meskel, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. Like and subscribe. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace-Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. So I've got the NWB with me, Nee Wallace-Bruce. Nee, how's it going? I'm good, Kobe. How you doing? Fantastic, but you know it's getting to that time of year for us where you and I just start to kick ass at fantasy football, and now we've even got the benefit of rolling that over and making some money with NFTs as well. So what we're doing today is we've actually looked at some of the middle tiers of wide receivers as ranked by fantasy pros. We're going to stick with fantasy pros. We started with the RBs about a week ago. We're going to do the the wide receivers now, and then next week we'll do uh, QBs as well. But we've got the third tier, fourth tier, and fifth tier wide receivers as ranked by fantasy pros. And this also factors in where they're going in actual drafts and mock drafts right now. Nee, you've got them with you, right? Yes, I do. So let's get into it. Yeah. So based on just the number of wide receivers in each tier, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of select maybe our two favorite wide receivers in tier five, our two favorite in tier four, and then our one favorite in tier three, because it's a much smaller tier, of course. But we'll begin with tier five. We'll begin with that group. And Nee, does anyone stand out to you just glancing at the group right off the bat? Cove, I've always thought that wide receiver is the place where you find gems. It's a lot more replaceable than running back. So yeah, this is probably a more enjoyable tier for me than, say, other positions. To answer your question, Darnell Mooney, you look at the Chicago situation. I know they drafted Valus Jones this year. They didn't add anyone significant in free agency. This is Darnell Mooney's passing game in terms of target share from Justin Fields. There's no other competition. So for me, it's him. It's Alan Robinson. I know that he's going into a new offense over in Los Angeles at the Rams, but he's going into an offense that is actually going to be at his level. He was wasted for years in Jacksonville. He had the years in Chicago where he was getting the balls overthrown, thrown this way or the other, but not to his hands. Now he goes to the Super Bowl winning pass game and Sean McVay's playbook. It's going to be the Allen Robinson that we've been waiting for in fantasy. How about yourself? Yeah, so there's there's 13 wide receivers in this particular tier. And so you do agree in that they've got it right with Darnold Moody. They got him right at the top, uh, ranked 25th overall. You yep. obviously agree with that. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I understand him being placed at that position because even last season, he was getting a fair amount of the target share. And that's when he had to share it with Allen Robinson. Now he's got to be the number one, 100%. There's there's mm. no one else to throw to. And you're talking about a team that's going to have to throw a lot if they want to be competitive at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I like I like Darnell Mooney. He's, he's kind of placed right there. Looking down the line, uh, there's a couple of guys that also stand out to me. One is Gabriel Davis. Mm. So Gabriel Davis has got to be the second option on Buffalo right now. And... Stefan Diggs is going to demand a lot of attention from defenses. This, this is not a guy you can just 
leave on his own <laughs> hope one-on-one you can cover him I and mean, that's not going to be the case in most situations yeah he's going to get a lot of double teams they're going to shift the defense to his side of the field I think Gabriel Davis is going to blow up this particular season so I I really like Gabriel Davis and what people seem to forget now is that Buffalo for the longest time was a run first offense but it isn't anymore mm-hmm. it is a throw first offense with Allen uh, I mean the running backs are there really to keep them honest when it comes right down to it, or a little bit of play action, maybe later in the game. But for the most part, they're going to throw the ball a lot. And I think Gabriel Davis is going to benefit from that. And I also like Devontae Smith. And the reason I like Devontae Smith is because he looked pretty good last year. He had a year of development, and he has that rapport already with Jalen Hurts. And bringing in A.J. Brown, I think, only helps him, to be honest. I, I think it opens up that offense to do a lot more and when you've got Hertz as a potential running threat as well, the linebackers cannot cheat with the wide right. receivers. They're still going to have to play up, which is going to leave a lot of room across the middle of the field. And Devontae Smith, as, as much as people knock him for his size, that's an advantage when you're you're working through the tight coverage. Yeah, I, I get that. And I know we've talked to a couple of Philadelphians on the show and they've talked about how this is a make or break year for Hertz. The, the front office is definitely set him up with with weapons and Devontae Smith is one of them through the draft last year and now they have AJ Brown as you mentioned. So now it's time for him to deliver with those. I gotta also point out Rashad Bateman because don't forget that Marquise Brown was traded to Arizona. And they picked up nobody. Yeah, they didn't pick up a, a genuine replacement. So Rashad Bateman may be forgotten, particularly if you play in a league with let's say more casual opponents, mm-hmm. they, may, they may have missed that one because DeAndre Hopkins will be suspended, so naturally Arizona needed to get a replacement for those sort of six games, and they got Brown, and that leaves Bateman. I know it's run-heavy, but... I expect it to be very run-heavy. So I, I see Bateman as a boomer bust mm. pick here. That's a boomer bust. He's a very high ceiling, but a very low floor in that you're in my my experts league with me and I burned last year because two of my running backs went down before the season even really started one of which being JK Dobbins now if JK Dobbins comes back fully healthy I expect this to be a very heavy run oriented offense so I don't know if Bateman will get enough enough looks really to make him viable but if he does become a direct replacement for Marquise Brown then he's going to have high touchdown potential so yeah. it, it's a real gamble there but I, I get it i understand it it's, it's some i would draft him right where he're, he's going i would draft him okay so I, we, we're in agreement then yeah awesome now is there anybody that stands out that you think should not be in this tier as in too high or too low too uh, too too high i guess to that i will probably say elijah Moore. i was going to say tyler lockett but honestly it doesn't matter who's throwing the ball seattle will need to throw the ball that's right. They can say what they want about, you know, establishing the run, but the division they're in, they will not be establishing the run. I promise you that. <laughs> That's they right. Be, they will be behind. They'll be chasing the game. They'll be throwing the ball. So Seattle, Kyle Lockett will still get his, whether DK Metcalf stays around or not. He's still a, a valuable guy to have if you can get him at the right spot in your draft. Elijah Moore, not so sure because front offices don't lie. And the Jets did spend significant draft capital on another top wide receiver. That's right. So you have to wonder 
What, what do they think of Elijah Moore? And does this mean they're going to... I know they're, gonna, they're, they're a team that's going to want to try and establish the run. So they're going to try and move away from the past. We'll see how that works. But um, So hold on. Before we get away from that, I want to... You brought up a good point there because this is a very strange grouping of picks that mm. the Jets went ahead and did this year after what they did last year. So like, like you said, last year they get Elijah Moore. Everybody's excited. Mm. He puts together a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. You know, all said and done. I mean, it's, the Jets didn't have a great season overall, but he himself, for for what he was asked to do, he did his job. Right. They picked up Michael Carter. Same thing. Had a good season. Probably did better than most people expect, given the situation. Mm-hmm. And then this year, they go ahead, <laughs> right, and and they basically get what appears to be replacements for both of them. That's so, right. what what do you think the strategy is there? Is it that they want real competition in the in the rooms, right? Do they just feel like they lack depth? Are they really unhappy with the two guys they selected the year before? Like, it just seems strange to me. I would say it's a depth thing. I mean, New York, let's face it, the last five to 10 years since they were competing for those AFC championships have not been great. Yeah, since the butt fumble. Since the butt fumble, things have gone <laughs> downhill, right? So they haven't had an abundance of talent. They had the worst defense in the league last season, statistically. So maybe they felt after getting Source Gardner, after bolstering other parts of the, the less skilled positions, they said, why not beef up the offense with a running back and a wide receiver in anticipation of getting a quarterback next year? Because, Cope, is Zach Wilson going to be the quarterback next season? Are they uh, gonna- I mean, I, I've, I've yet to see a quarterback get as much love and help from an organization as Zach Wilson. Yeah, so it's similar to the Hurt situation. It's like New York front office is saying, hey, giving you all these weapons. Everything. Everything. I mean, they, they can – we'll see if the defense tends the corner, but they're saying in terms of when you're on the field, we've given you everything we can. Show us what you have. Otherwise – Hold on. Did did they bring in Uzama too? I can't remember who got Uzama. I believe they did. Yeah, so quite literally they've surrounded him with talent. Yeah. Yeah, so it's Uzama. They still have Corey Davis. Brees, I mean, Brees Hall, the, the, the first running back taken, <laughs> you know? So for me, going back to Elijah Moore, instead of taking Elijah Moore, I'd, I'd wait. I'll let someone else take Elijah Moore, and I would take Braxton Berrios. I would take Braxton Berrios later on instead. If I, wanted, if I really needed a piece of this offense, if I can't get Uzoma, actually, no, I don't really want Uzoma, to be honest, but... I would take Berrios from that passing game. Okay. Okay. That Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. For me, when I look at the grouping, what they've got put together, a uh, player that stands out to me that I, I would probably avoid uh, at this point would be, and people are probably going to think I'm crazy for this one, would, would be Juju. No, that's fair. It's, I, I don't it, trust his move to KC. I really don't. And I mean, it's, as KC is a powerful offense, right? And everyone's looking at it like, well, Tyreek's gone. So you've got X number of targets available to you. And mm. uh, is it uh, Marcus Robinson? Yeah, yeah Robinson. Marcus he's Robinson, gone yeah. too, right? So you've got opportunity there. But I mean, I've, Juju never impressed me much in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an average route runner, in my opinion. Uh, he doesn't possess elite elite speed. Yep, He's sizable. He's not bad for a 50-50 ball. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if he, if he slots right into KC and does anything real relevant. It's a lot to ask for him to replace Tyreek Hill. What Tyreek Hill does is very hard to replicate with just one player. Yeah, and then they went and drafted a Tyreek Hill type 
in Sky mm. Moore. Mm-hmm. Right. So how much are they really expecting from Juju Smith Schuster? So, I mean, it's possible he has a great season, but would I want to be the guy who takes the risk on him? No, I, I would not. I'd much rather go with Allen Robinson like you listed. Yeah. I think Allen Robinson's done a lot with terrible situations and he keeps putting right. up numbers. And now he's going to be in a phenomenal situation. Absolutely. Even even if he gets half the target share, he's still going to be a, a worthwhile wide receiver. Mm-hmm. And that's what we want. That's what we want. I mean, for me, in the draft, it's all about opportunity. And I want that ceiling. I want the guy who can really take over and dominate an offense. Robinson could be that guy. Cooper Cup, what he did, winning the Triple Crown, statistical anomaly. His historic year. And so many things had to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Higby had to get injured. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Running back had to get uh, had to get injured. Basically, he, he had to shoulder the load. Not because that was the game plan, because was, that was the option. It was a circumstance. Yeah. Al Robinson's talented. I mean, I know he's advanced in his career now, but Al Robinson's very talented. Perhaps I would say he's, in terms of pure wide receiving talent, probably put him ahead of Cooper Cup. I would say he's a better wideout mm. than Cooper Cup, but maybe not a better receiver overall. There we go. That's a good way of putting it. Right? I would say that. So, like like a deep ball, 50-50 ball, I'd rather Allen Robinson catching mm-hmm. it than Cooper Cup. Across the middle, route running, maybe Cooper Cup's better. But together, I mean, come on. Oh, it's a great combination. <laughs> right? Like, come on. I mean, that's, that's why I'm picking them again to go back-to-back, win the Super Bowl. Like... I mean, if, if they can get Odell Beckham back, because remember, the Rams, they're bringing Odell Beckham back, not for our fantasy season, but they're bringing him back for January and a Super Bowl run. That's right. So you have him and Allen Robinson as two deep options. And that's going to be hard to stop. Yeah. And Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby underneath. Exactly. Ridiculous. With Cam Akers coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I get why you say that they're they're a shot to, or a good chance to win it, win it all, but they got a tougher schedule. We'll see. They should win the division. Do they get to the NFC Championship in the – it's still tough. It's still tough. We it is. See. It is. I just – so that's a, such a good point, right? It's one of the reasons why it's so hard to go back-to-back is because of the schedule. Mm. It's because of what happens with the schedule. But it's almost like sometimes when teams, some teams just seem to have the, the chips fall their way. And the Rams right now are one of them. I'll tell you what. Yeah. You know, they got Stafford when they needed him. Von Miller became available leading up to the postseason. Now, it, you know, they've won the Super Bowl. It's the offseason. And, you know, Russell Wilson leads the division. Mm. DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss the first six games. <laughs> right like it's it's almost like everything just falls into place for them you know what i mean right, right. so it, it just feels it just feels right you know it just feels right to me that they're going to go ahead and they're going to they're going to get it again all right so let's i think when it comes right down to it if you had to make a pick out of one of these guys you would go with mooney oh yeah absolutely okay and for me it, it would be davis okay yeah i like i like the upside with davis there we go all right so let's move on to tier four yeah I'm going to run through them first, and then I'll, I'll get your initial impression. Mm-hmm. So we've got Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddell, Cortland Sutton, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, Jerry Judy, and Marquise Brown. Who stands out to you? Oof, this one's a little bit more complicated. In a pinch, I'm taking – okay, I'll take Deontay Johnson and Mike Williams in the charges. 
wide receiver is a position where I know that wide receivers on bad team or losing teams are going to get production because of the game flow, the chase of the game. Yeah, but they don't they don't get touchdowns. There we go. So that's why I prefer wide receivers on good teams. So with that, Mike Williams is in for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then Deontay Johnson is in for the, I guess, the former reason. Good wide receiver on a not-so-good team. Pittsburgh, we saw what happened last season. Yes, they made the playoffs. I get that. that that's Michael Tomlin's coaching. Mike Tomlin is a, a grinder. He hates losing. Let's see what happens this season. They went out and got a new quarterback in Kenny Pickett. And Deontay Johnson, he's now the guy. It's now his wide receiving room. Juju has left the building. And for me, that means that he has a real opportunity. I know injury was one thing that held him back for the last couple of seasons, but he says healthy. This is someone that's going to surprise in fantasy. And as for Mike Williams, I don't think the Chargers get enough love. I think it's because they play on the West Coast. But the Chargers, they could be a team that could be challenging the Bills in that AFC Championship game come February. They really should have made the playoffs last year. Oh, yeah. Some analytics got it in the way there, but they have a Super Bowl-ready defense, and Justin Herbert's taking that next step. He has weapons behind him. They have what it takes to win a Super Bowl. Oh, buddy, I'm all in on the Chargers. I'm a Broncos fan, and when it comes to fantasy, I'm all in on the Chargers. Not only do they have a dynamic offense, you're right, they have a sick defense now with the acquisitions they've made. Mm. Herbert is a stud and he's your prototypical quarterback, which I like, which means you know what you're going to get from him. Yeah. It's not, oh, this week he's going to run. <laughs> Next week he's going to throw. Like, no. Right. right. He's like, he's like a young Brady when it comes right down to it. So you know what to expect. And then on top of that, when you're looking at it for fantasy purposes, it's like, uh, I think they're, the, the whole second half of their season is dome games. Wow. <laughs> I literally think they finished the season. With like eight straight dome games or something. Oh, that's game change. Because, yeah, if they can get games like Chiefs and Denver out of the way early when the weather's still decent, and yeah, they can play those games. Yeah, I'm going I'm to bring it up. I, I saw this earlier. It's, it's disgusting. Okay, so at Falcons, at 49ers, then they get the Chiefs, then at Cardinals, at Raiders, mm-hmm. then they get the Dolphins, mm-hmm. they get the Titans, at the Colts. They get the Rams. The last game is at the Broncos. Wow. So, yeah, you you, you called it. So, I mean, week 18 <laughs> may not count either by that time. That's Who right. Knows? Now, yeah, that's that's amazing. So, all of the games are going to be warm weather or... Dome games. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's perfect for fantasy, right? It's, it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> so... Like, I'm, I'd be all over that, right? Like, Mike Williams is one of my two, okay? So, my mm. two are Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton. Nice. And I just expect Sutton to be the man that eventually Russell chooses as his primary target. Yeah. And, I mean, Russell's made a, a living creating 2,000 wide receivers, right, every right. single year. But I think in this case, given Sutton's skill set and his experience, that he's going to be more than that. Okay. I, I'm reserving. I do think it is more likely to be Sutton over Judy. I will say that. But yeah. I'm not there yet in terms of the overall. I, I really, th- with the way Russ is, Russ, I know draft capital Sutton, and Sutton's probably the most worthy, if you will. But Russ is coming in, and it's a level playing field in a way. It oh, no, be- 100%. I agree with it- you, right? The fact that both of them are in this tier 
<laughs> right. <laughs> right. The fact that you've got both wide receivers in the same tier, like that says something right there. Yeah. The interesting thing about tier four is that every one of these wide receivers are very talented. These are, these are extremely talented star wide receivers mm. that all have a question about the team situation. Exactly. So you got Terry McLaurin, a bona fide stud, right? Mm-hmm. This guy's phenomenal. It's unfortunate what he's had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And now he gets another new quarterback. Mm-hmm. That do we even trust him anymore in, in Carson Wentz? So that's his option. Mm-hmm. DJ Moore, again, total stud, but McCaffrey's coming back. Mm-hmm. And a healthy McCaffrey is the offense. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like DJ yeah. Moore is still going to get his, but his percentages will go down so significantly with a healthy McCaffrey that you, you, you can't trust it. Deontay Johnson, you already said it. Who's going to throw him the ball? Mm. And are they going to do it effectively? They're going to have to throw it at him. Yep. But, you know, it, it's like one of those situations where it's you, you can get like, you know, 20 targets a game. But if only six of them are within the general catch vicinity, yeah, then you're yes. out of luck. Right. You and I agree with Mike Williams. To me, Mike Williams has the most stability of all of these wide receivers. Yeah, he always seems to get missed or some some level of disrespect for some reason. Well, and, and finally, he just got his contract. There we go. That's right? He got reason. paid. Front office said, you're hanging around. Yep, you're our guy. So mm. you know he's going to get fed. You, you got you to gotta justify the contract. Then yep. you got Waddle. Why would I be all over Waddle except that they went and got Tyreek Hill in the offseason? Exactly. And and – the question marks of a two. I was still not quite there yet. That's right. This is this is like his prove it season. Mm. Cortland Sutton. We went over that. You got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy in the same category because nobody knows which one Russell's going to like best. There we go. Right. So that's your gamble there. Brandon Cooks. I mean, he plays for the Houston Texans. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's his problem. You know what I mean? Yep. And then the last one's Marquise Brown, and why? Because he moved teams. Right. He, he's with the Cardinals now. Yeah, and that'll be good for the first half of the season of during that suspension, and then we have to wonder what happens then. What happens when, yeah, Hopkins comes back. First of all, Hopkins, he demands targets. Mm. He's not one of those quiet wide receivers. He's like, listen, I'm DeAndre Hopkins, so throw me the fucking ball. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? And Marquise Brown already has a connection with Kyler Murray, having played together in college. Mm-hmm. So you, you got to figure that's going to be appealing to Murray, but what role does he take over once Hopkins comes back? Like it's all these guys have issues. And that's why I think for me, Mike Williams is the only sure bet in that group. Yeah. And yeah, I want to gravitate towards those high powered and winning offenses, offenses that can win. For sure. And looking at this, I mean, from the, the NFT side of things, I go down this list. <laughs> I have Terry McLaurin. I have DJ Moore. I have Deontay Johnson. I have Mike Williams. I have Jalen Waddle. I got Cortland Sutton, I've got Amari Cooper. I don't, I don't think I have Cooks. <laughs> I have Judy. I, I skipped Cook, skip Cooper over there, but again, Cooper is very obvious too, right? right. Move teams, and now who's going to be the quarterback? That's a, that's a good question. Rumor has it he may get more in a year, eh? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, that the NFL is not taking kindly to this, and I know the NFLPA is going to step in and try and get the best one of their union members, but I do think he plays a little down in the NFL because of his talent, but... When he does that, who knows? Because he's he's already missed a season. Correct. Houston Texans enforced that. Houston Texans might look really smart out of this, by the way, if if he does get a year. Oh yeah, plus. in the, in the end, mm. after taking all the crap they took. <laughs> yeah, if they can. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But you know what? That's a good point. That's a good point because 
the team's always know, eh? Oh, yeah. I mean. They know. They don't say anything because they've got so much money invested, but they know. When Houston did what they did, everyone's like, are these guys on crack? Like, make them happy, you know? And they're like, no, we're not going to. And it it reminds me so much of the Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh. Mm. When they were like, what? You're going to let Antonio Brown go? Are you on crack? No, Antonio Brown's on crack. (laughs) Like, that's... They know, right? <laughs> like this stuff isn't hidden, and I, and that also speaks to the fact that that I mean, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds here, but it speaks to the fact that the Texans knew what was going on. They were pretty much helping Watson with the the non disclosure agreements, the infamous NDAs that he was giving out to these people, these uh, these women that he was dealing with. <laughs> nice so they they knew. Oh yeah, they knew what was going on. Correct. And if I'm Roger Goodell, I'm punishing the Texans as well. Exactly. The reason why they want to give him a year plus is they want to send a message. They don't. They, they don't want this to happen again. Doesn't matter how high profile you are. They do not want this kind of situation to happen again. So they want to make an example of Watson again. The players' union will appeal it, and the suspension will probably come down a little bit. But Goodell wants to send a message. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, man. I will take away some Texans draft picks in doing that. Now, what we got next? We got tier three, which is the smallest tier. Okay, so you've only got A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Keenan Allen, Michael Pittman Jr., and D.K. Metcalf in this tier, numbers 10 through 14. Anyone stand out to you? Like a good coffee, the cream rises to the top. That's right. And here we go. I guess, for me, I'm going back to the charges. Keenan Allen. This is a guy who's been consistent for the best part of a decade now, and whatever reason, people sleep on him. I think there's good value here. I I know that he's getting on, but if you can have him for at least one more season of top production, he's the one that I like. I also like T. Higgins, but not as much because of the Jamar Chase factor. And then we got Michael Pittman Jr. Who is the number one in Indianapolis? It has to be Michael Pittman Jr. It has to be. I know they run first, but at the same time, they still have to throw the ball and they've had a quarterback upgrade with Matt Ryan. Michael Pittman could potentially benefit from that. I, I feel like teams will try and load the box to stop Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman could benefit here. Could be a, a sneaky season for him. Yeah, I'm I'm all in on Michael Pittman Jr. this year. I'm all in, man. I am all in on it. I, 100% I think he's number one for sure. Matt Ryan, he's old school. Matt Ryan throws to the man. That's yeah. <laughs> that's his way of, of quarterbacking. It's who's my best receiver. I'm going to Feed you. Yeah. I'm going to give you every opportunity to prove you're the best. You're covered. That's okay. I trust you more than I trust the cornerback. Mm-hmm. Right? So I expect him to get fed. Yes, I agree with you. John is going to get the majority of the offense. Mm. But I really like him this year. I, I like that division, you know, as far as what they're going to do in that division. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity to – to get a lot of TDs, I think this would be a big TD year for Michael Pittman Jr. That's why I like him there. I agree with you. Keenan Allen's hard to resist too, for a number of the reasons we already mentioned when it comes to the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. Just and and yeah, he gets overlooked because he's not a talker. Yeah, he's he's a, right? he's real quiet. Exactly. It's you don't even realize in the end of the game you're like, oh shit, Keenan Allen over 100 yards and he's got two touchdowns. That's right. I didn't even notice. <laughs> you know, because yeah, like, he's, he's not as. He's not as bombastic or as uh, flashy about it. Well, and it's his style of play too, right? He's a phenomenal route runner. 
He gets good separation. So it's not like he's, he's having these highlight reel, like leap over the cornerback to get a catch kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a nice clean cut balls in his hands. He's, he gets a few yards after the catch gets tackled and it, he's not much of a deep ball guy either. Yeah. Right. A lot of it's sort of the second tier middle routes. So it really goes unnoticed, but then, yeah, you, you finish the game and it's like, oh shit, nine, nine receptions for 109 yards and a touchdown. Wow. I didn't even realize, mm. you know, so that's why he gets overlooked. And on that team, Mike Williams is the one that gets the deep ball highlight real catches. Right. But Keenan Allen is in, you know, finishes the season with just as many or more yards. Like it's, it's just one of those situations. So I really like Keenan Allen too. I, T Higgins, I'm a huge fan on T Higgins here. They got him going ahead of Michael Pittman. I don't think that's going to be the case as we get closer to the end of the summer. I think you're going to see T Higgins fall a little bit in drafts mm-hmm. just because Jamar Chase is so hyped and on the obvious number one. AJ Brown, I don't trust the new situation yet. Good. Okay. So that's, we're in agreement there. Yeah. I mean, I love AJ Brown. I think he's one of the most dominant wide receivers in the league. I, mm. I always compare him to like a T.O., really, mm. right? And I was a mm. huge Terrell Owens fan. Love the way he played football. A.J. Brown's very similar in that regard. But new situation, he had the advantage of really being the only guy in, uh, in Tennessee. In Tennessee, absolutely. Right? He was it. Everyone knew it would be going to him on certain situations and it's going to him. You know, you get triple covered and still go to him. Right. Whereas in, in Philly, there's options. That's right. He may no longer just be the guy. And he he did a lot with minimal targets in Tennessee, mm-hmm. right? So I think the reason he's at the top of this list is I think what people are looking at is like if he gets more targets in Philly, then like imagine the ceiling. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that'll be the case. Yeah, it's – again, it's, it's a make or break year for our friend Mr. Hertz. The front office is given him everything. But you know that Philadelphia has that one, sometimes two – Really bad quarters of football. <laughs> Pretty and much. I don't know if AJ Brown's going to be enough to. We, we spoke to, you know, John Marks about that, and they're optimistic. I feel like they are divisional contenders, but that may not excuse Hurts, his style of play. They might win the division in spite of Jalen Hurts as opposed to winning the division because of Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. And then, and then, like, the last guy we got on the list here, which we never even mentioned, was DK Metcalf. And DK <laughs> <No>. Metcalf <laughs> is a physical freak. Yeah. Lightning fast, decent hands. He's got all the tools, but that situation, I, I would take almost everybody in tier four over, <laughs> over DK Metcalf. Mm-hmm. There are a number of guys from the, the next tier I'd rather have. I would not roll the dice on DK Metcalf. As as talented as he is, you just can't do it to yourself. No, you can't. You can't put your, take that risk. We don't even know who the quarterback is, and whichever one it'll be, I mean, it's not looking good. They could get Baker. It's that Baker Mayfield's still in the in the picture. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland are really going to shoot themselves in the foot. We we're talking about the Watson situation before, but the way they position themselves with Baker Mayfield, the way that they've frozen him out, it's going to really hurt them when this suspension comes through. As much as I like to call you Brissett, Cleveland made that trade, gave that guaranteed money to try and win the division. Now they could be going to the third choice quarterback in terms of trying to reach that goal. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, 
access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience. Where no sport is left behind.